Welcome back to a, another big episode out of the podcast. We continue our big August. Big number Round two. Round two. Big number two. Although, I don't know how big it's going to be. I think this is going to be a breeze of an episode, just like it was a breeze of a movie. Yes, I agree. Hour 10. What a dream. Mwah. Loved it. Love that running time. Give me more of that. I'll take 72 minutes all day long. <laughs> it was a nice apology from the show for the big sleep. Yes. I, I feel like it was a nice... I don't want to say come down, but it was a nice, because it, it was a very fast paced movie, this yes. one, but I, I, I like that. It, like, Easy I had, to follow for the right. most part. Yeah. We'll get into it. Yes. I had that reaction feel, too. I had the same reaction. I looked at the yeah. one time I was like, 72 minutes? I was like, yeah, I'm in. That was like, the first thing I did. I mean, I took a nap to get ready. I woke up like one or two in the morning and I just was like, check that runtime as I hit play. And I'm like, hour 10, I'm, I'm in for a good time. Oh, Mitchum Greer. Let's do this. Got some goats. <laughs> we got some goats. We got two of the, the goats right here, Dan. Yes. We'll leave it to the judges to decide if it's yeah. of, uh, greatest of all time or just of the variety, right? Yes. Is we'll have to do a, a Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're our, our, our very popular Twitter. Uh, yes. Dan, that's your name. Welcome that's, to the show. That's me. Thank you. I'm, I'm Joey saying hi. Well, welcome to the show as you, for you as well. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, anytime. Anytime you <laughs> want to come on. <laughs> first time, right? Yes. Long time. Oh, I have a choice time. to come on. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, we need you. Don't worry. We I want to hear you. a solo episode. I don't think you want. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want that at all. That'll be a Twitter poll as well. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Who, who would I, who would do worse or better in, in, in a solo episode? <laughs> I, no, no. I'm, I'm leaving you entirely on the hook. It's just, uh, will you take it? Oh, no, I don't think I want that. Maybe you could even host it with yourself, you know? Maybe you could play me for an episode. Yeah, I could, like, be you and your persona in, and use your voice. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that, Joey? And then I was like, going to make a, then... a Bill and Ted 2 reference, but I can't because... I still haven't watched it. He's yeah, not there, but there's a beautiful moment. Well, I've, I've been busy watching a lot of the Criterions I bought, and one I wanted to wait to mention on the podcast, because I feel like, I feel like you, you've talked, we've talked about this movie before, but it's one that I've always had on the back burner, because it was always one that I was like, oh, like I kind of dismissed it. I was just like, oh, I'll, just, I'll get that eventually. Ooh. And I'm wondering if you can maybe guess which one it is. It's starring right. our, our friend, I'll give you one hint. It's starring our friend, William Hurt. Willie Hurt, Criterion. Yes. Man, I'd love it if it was broadcast news. That's the one. Excellent. I What'd watched it. I watched it yesterday. You know what? I this is one it. of my all-time favorite movies. It's in my top five movies. It's my second favorite genre. Maybe someday when we finished our film noir, we could do my second favorite genre, which is just news movies. I like news oh. movies. Okay. If they're good. I mean, you know, there's a lot of trashy ones, but. Yeah. James L. Brooks, broadcast news. Albert Brooks and James L. Brooks. The Brooks. The Brooks, the Brooks brothers are back. Uh, <laughs> Albert Brooks, I, uh, so good in it too. Oh yeah, I I loved it more than I thought it would. Like I said, I I think I I didn't know a whole lot about the movie, but I, I guess for whatever reason, I just I just was kind of indifferent to it. And I remember we talked about it, and I was like, you know what? Like I do like Albert Brooks. Like I like William Hurt. I, I like Holly Hunter. Like I'm gonna give this a shot. And I watched it, and I yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved uncredited Jack Nicholson. That I was just gonna get to. So yeah, nope, so I that, apologize. I'm gonna let yes. you vamp, Dan. Sorry. Yes, no, it's okay. I'm too excited of this prospect. I gotta get it all in there. That's why I wanted to wait for this one until the podcast. I, I kept this. I kept this one. You in. kept you you. We were talking before the podcast. You kept talking about everything, but and it was like I, I don't know what Dan has left. I don't know what we're gonna bring to the show. But look at you, sir. You little trickster. I, I had my ace in the hole. 
if you will. Ooh, possible um, future movie. It's maybe. happening. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. yeah. I've, I've, I've been really wanting to cover that one, actually. Same. But anyway, but I really love the dynamic of the, obviously the three main characters in, in the movie, but the mm-hmm. dynamic of the, the kind of change in news at the time and the way it was covered and, you know, the idea of with integrity and how it intermingled with their personal lives and how it impacted their relationships with each other as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and Two yeah, characters just, that represent the, the, the past and the future very right. much so. And very polar opposite. So, oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought I had a really good time. Definitely. And you got both uh, Q Sacks in it, even though John Ooh, only has yeah. a very minor role in it. Um, it's true. But, but Joan uh, is so good, man. When yes. she's running through that newsroom and she ducks under that file, it's so great. Her, that entire her hair, sequence. Her hair is so big. <laughs> yes. That entire sequence was, was fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah, just very well. The plot was great. The direction was great. Yeah, just fantastic all around. And my second movie that I want to bring up is a little bit more noir related. Is I yeah, recently... I don't know how excited I'm going to be about this one. You, you, already... blue... I don't know. You, you open big, Dan. Uh-oh. I know. I, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to start with a big bombastic. It is uh, a big story. August after all. It is. I want to leave big stories for big August. Um, we're coming big all month long. All month long. That's I remember us bringing it pretty big for last week. I think right. I think we did. I think we, we can do we're it pretty again. big. So I watched, uh, I, I kind of previewed a film that I, I'd had, I had pre-ordered a while ago through Kino called The Web, which is a film noir uh, with Ella Raines, you know, who I talk about constantly that I, I love. Oh, yes. It also has Vincent Price. Yet to be on the show, though. I know. I, I know. I, I feel like. I, Do we I have keep, anything coming up scheduled like or keep, is it time to put one in there? I think it's time to put one in because I think even if not this one, I think at least Phantom Lady because I feel like, because I think we talked about that one. I, I talk about have, that one all the time. Fa- we do have Phantom Lady booked, so. Okay. It also has Vincent Price and it has uh, Edward O'Brien, who's in um, Hitchhiker and DOA as well. And it was fantastic. I watched it this morning when I woke up and it has everything, like everything you want at a film noir down to like the shadows to everything. I was like, this is the one we're scheduling. Maybe it is. Uh, It literally just came out on, on Kino. It looks fantastic. And like I said, it just has everything you want. It's got, you know, murder. What's it called again? The web. And web. what a web it is. Because I'm has, about to do a keynote order. So I'm, I'm going to throw this Highly in. recommended. Highly recommended. I, I, I loved every minute of it. Definitely, definitely, I think we should do it. Characters were great. Two good movies, it sounds like. Yes, yeah, so exactly. Yes, that, that's my point. My point is that uh, I had a pretty good day. I even watched uh, Breaker Morant, which is another criterion that I, I recently picked up and I knew very little about, but I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd heard about it. I've heard some good things about it, but I really enjoyed that as well. So I feel like I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm You're on a good, good streak. On... You're better yeah. than me this morning watching Space Jam too. But I did watch Sexy Beast this week, which I've seen before. But I was I was ready for a rewatch. You like that movie? I've never seen that actually. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought I thought you were talking about which I don't think has come out yet the new Netflix series uh, I think it's called Sexy Beasts where the, they everyone dresses up in like animal costumes like with full on like makeup is this real or are you telling a hilarious joke right now no this is 100% real you can look it up it's called Sexy Beasts yes plural and they go on it, basically they're blind dates but they're dressed up in these very alien looking animal <laughs> costumes and they basically have to fall in love but they go it's out a, in public so they're, it's they're like going a furry bowling. thing I not Maybe really. not quite all in on that, but just no, at least okay. Is, not I at all. It, yeah, I think it's it, this is because this is maybe their first foray. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a thing that they. I mean, I don't know, but uh, my you think it's a recruitment they, tool, huh? Yeah, I think it's From like big a, furry. a new wrinkle uh, in the uh, in the dating uh, reality shows. 
Boy, if dating needed a wrinkle, huh? Oh, yes. Time to iron out dating. Yes. I mean, there's been wrinkles for put down that centuries. permanent press, right? Yeah. Let's just straighten the whole thing out. Yes, but I I'm looking forward to watching that. I will say. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep <laughs> us posted. Uh, I will. I, I, maybe I watch say, Sexy like, Beast too and tell, tell us how it compares, which one you got more enjoyment from. I okay. will say you have a very unhinged and delightful Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben Kingsley in uh, Sexy yes. Beast. I did, know, I did know he was in that movie, yes. So yeah. That's what it's I quick did. too. I think, also, I think it's a very almost, uh, I think it's maybe 10 minutes more than the movie we watched for today. Okay, I like it. So there you go. There's that as well. Streaming Nowhere. Great start. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna have to buy this one, but you know you guys have an out of the podcast charge account that you keep buying all your your copies of these movies for. Yes, I mean we try to throw in some ones that are streamable for sure, but I mean the problem is that not everything is is streamable uh, for free, so that's that's a tough. I think we throw in mostly non-streamable for the most part, but yeah, you know, so also summer in. Streaming is cyclical, right? Like, hey, maybe you're listening to this episode not in the year 2021, and it's up somewhere. Probably not Netflix. Not noir-friendly at all, unless it's, like, a big one. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I feel like that's maybe a a part of the market they could capture. You know what I mean? Something that not a lot of the other streaming places do have. I mean, Amazon does, but most of them you have to pay for. So it's like... You want my hot take, Dan? Netflix? Fuck them, Dan. Yeah. Steaming hot. Not a fan garbage sir i have not paid for netflix in many years i it, it very rarely something comes on i mean we just got a, another season of i think you should leave which was great that was like yes. the first time you know we logged into the netflix in a long time i mean a worthwhile venture and reason to to go into netflix is to watch absolutely that. yeah yes. i would agree um That's, yeah. I mean, yeah, most it's stuff like that like the sketch comedy that shows up every now uh there was like one show that had like australian sketch comedy it was like what's that show called? It's like Uncle Something or I don't remember, but Scott Ackerman from Comedy Bang Bang was involved. It was, oh, it was, okay. It was funny. It was like four episodes. Yeah, it's like that stuff and like a lot of the... Uh, That's what gets me is just the stuff true like crime things docs. like that. True crime docs. I, you know, do, and I'm a big documentary guy. So for me, it's like, I, I, I enjoy those They're good from on Netflix. the docs. They keep, yes. they keep the docs going and that's certainly how their algorithm goes. Um, very right. hard for me to get into algorithm right now since that is the main villain of Space Jam 2. What, algorithms? Uh, it's played by Don Cheadle. He's uh, he plays the Warner Brothers algorithm that brings all of these universes together. Is this a real thing? This is a real thing. Yeah, this is why you're getting. He he's his name is Al G Rhythm <laughs> in this movie. I will say shout out to Don Cheadle. He really made he 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 came in playing like we. It right. was fun to watch him. Okay, always is. Uh, I will also shout out Secret Secret Gem here. Black Monday on Showtime. He's very hilarious on mm-hmm. that show. Three seasons in. I mean, he's a great actor. Great actor. Yeah. He just did that Soderbergh movie that was on yes. HBO Max. Uh, yes. with Benicio Del Toro. That was actually a, a good movie as well. Enjoyed it. From the co-writer of Bill and Ted, that movie. <laughs> Ed Solomon. So that, that was crazy. Yes. He had a Rick and Morty cameo in this thing. I mean, it really is just like let Warner Brothers just showing we own like Everything. Everything, yeah. Iron Giant and King Kong fist bumped. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Like, I, I this think... is why I watched it so I could explain it a lot. It, just to so me, because could... I'm not to you watch or it. even to yeah. the audience to just say these things out loud. And it's like, okay, I'm glad I watched it because I just got to say that sentence out loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I 
too yes. long though. I uh, I saw the running time of the first Space Jam. Didn't watch. I haven't seen it in many years. But that mm-hmm. was an hour twenty seven, and that seems that's like perfect. Perfect amount of Space Jam. This thing was almost two hours. And that's that's with any modern movie nowadays, especially like like superhero movies. Like they don't know how to edit them. Like let's just be real. Like like a- every movie doesn't need to be two and a half three hours. That, that especially a superhero movie, it doesn't need to be that long. It doesn't. Like two two hours max. Like you can get you can edit it that's down. That's the problem. Like it was building to those like epics, but then yeah. once it got to there, it was so successful that everything became an epic. Yeah. Certainly, that new Black Widow didn't need to be that long. P. U. What a stinker. I didn't watch that. These things have evolved from even me where like I used to be able to enjoy this stuff as a comic fan, but it's just like I'm barely hanging on at this point. They do the villains so dirty in all these things. They, they don't think like, hey, you want to like make sure that you cast well enough for that and maybe not kill off everybody. Yeah. And also like I was thinking back in the day, we had some account follow us. I apologize that I'm unable to give them a, a proper shout out, but from Instagram and I went to it and they had like, they're talking about Boy Meets World on it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of when Boy Meets World and I also recently got this in comics, like they have these things called artist editions that like big, it's scanned from the actual original art. Mm-hmm. So it's like a reprint of that. And I got the Jim Lee X-Men one. So I've been like in the zone of that, like early nineties X-Men that I love so much. And I remember when Boy Meets World would make like X-Men references on the show and you'd be like, that's awesome. But now it's like, that would mean nothing. Like it would have to be the most obscure indie comic, like people making like the uh, Hernandez brothers, like, uh, like Love and Rockets references or something like that yeah. you know? otherwise you'd be like well, everybody likes this stuff now you know i thought you were gonna say that you had the poster of, of the piece of celery that he has in the one episode that's on <laughs> on the wall <laughs> i think about that when i think about it well, i thought you had that on your wall i got really excited no i'm sorry dan that's a unique to you boy meets world okay because uh, i'm a huge boy meets, i i love boy meets world i've i've watched it even like recently because it was on uh some of the streaming platforms for a while. i think it was on hulu for a while yeah, oh, I think sorry, it's on Disney it. Plus these days. Yeah, but uh, it's still fun. Yeah, I don't know if I could go back. It, it's interesting. I think to watch I would it. like the earlier ones more than the later ones for sure. College years seems like I, it's time to tap out. What, what's really what I really found fascinating, and it, it's something I didn't necessarily think about while watching it, but now that you know we're older, is is there were so many episodes that dealt with one of them or, or a bunch of them trying to find themselves and then they would go somewhere else. And it was always about, you know, the parents having to bring them back and say, no, don't go out and follow your dreams or, or oh, no, this is a trap. You need to come back home and, and live this like proper life. Yo, like so many times. And then like, we're, we're, should we have been surprised when Corey Matthews just becomes like an old man, like towards yeah. the end of it, he was building to that the whole time. His parents were like, don't follow your dreams. Yeah. Uh, and what's that? What's the dad's name? William uh, something. Do you remember? Well, William Daniels is the guy, but that is is that's uh, Feeny, yeah. Feeny, yeah. And also Kit from Knight Rider. Yes. And he played a, a lawyer recently on an episode of The Rockford Files. Really? Yes. His name is. Give me the first letter before you give the the whole thing up. I can get this, but I need a little help, Dan. Okay. First letter of the last name. It is William, though, right? His first name is William. All right. His last name starts with an R. It's short. It is short. Give me the last letter of the, la- of the last name. S. Ooh, boy. <laughs> it's four letters. Russ. It's Russ, right? Yes, it William is. William Russ, yeah. Yes. William Russ is had the greatest career up to Boy Meets World. I mean, he's great as the dad on Boy Meets World. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But when he's in Miami Vice. He was uh, on an arc of Wise Guy in the 80s. And he would just play these scumbaggy evil characters. And he was so good at it. That's what he should have continued to have been typecast as. You know, like even when um, 
uh, Kirkwood Smith, you know, he, but when he got to that 70s show, he was still playing Kirkwood Smith. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that... He just happened to great. be a dad. Yeah, and that's why that was so good. It would have been great to have just, like, an evil William Rust be, like, the dad yes. of Boy Meets World. Also, my last point of Boy Meets World, uh, they did Eric Matthews so dirty on that show, and he just became a straight-up cartoon also when you got to tap out. I mean, sometimes he was a little bit funny. I, I will relent on that note. But, yes, I mean, they turned him way, like, because he was way more, like, Will Friedle. A lot of wills on that show, huh? Yes, a lot of wills. Where there's but a he, will, there's a way. Apparently that's what they thought. Yeah, that's right true. around, like, college era is when, That's like, what I'm saying. You tap out college yeah. era. When he's, you know, going, like, like, just, yeah. ugh, ugh, ugh. No good. He did the voice of Batman on Batman Beyond, though, and he did a good job there. Yes, he so. did. I do remember welcome, that. Welcome back, sir. Uh, do we have any other points to make? <laughs> I feel like we've gone I far enough. <laughs> I feel good about this, though, because we are about to fucking breeze through this episode. Hold on to your hat. There's a breeze coming, and it's Dan and Joey. <laughs> we're coming yep. in strong. But we're going to get through this. The Big Steel. This was available. Warner Archive. Double feature. is a DVD. Painful to buy a DVD in this day and age. It uh, is. It hurt. And especially because I'm, I don't think this will be the case with your copy, but mine was a, a DVD-R. It is. No, it was. It was? Okay. These are on demand. So so, yeah, the, right. so this is the era where it's like they, they do the printed blanks and then just as they need them, they would And I can appreciate yeah. that to an extent, but they also have like a ton of features on this. It's like, yeah. why not just make a something of this? But I mean, the also comes good. with the... With the legal, I'm not, I'm not bummed about the value. I just, the print was so good and the features were there where it's just like, this could easily be upgraded to a Blu-ray in like two seconds. Just get it out there. Try, try to think what year this was when this I think came I saw out. a 2017 2017. Yeah. yeah. Which is surprising that they did just do a Blu-ray at that point because Blu-rays were very much popular. I guess maybe exactly. they thought that neither of these films were worthy of a Blu-ray. I, I I, you watched Illegal. I did not. This is I the did. other movie on here with Edward G. Robinson. Uh, Which was really Dr. good. Zayas. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I can't wait to get to it. Was it long? No. I'm wondering if it was two short movies they just put together because they're like, maybe it's too short to just make a whole thing of it to feel yeah. like it was worth it. It's 88 minutes, uh, Illegal. Okay. So. so two quick movies. Yeah. I, I think that might be the case here, but... Beyond that, just the bummer of getting a DVD and it, it being even a manufacturer on demand, uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. This is my question. Mm -hmm. Did you think that this was a noir film? I wrestled with that the entire way. I think if I had seen this prior to it, it would have been tough to put this on the episode. I think there's enough here where you can, it belongs here. I don't yes. feel bad about doing this episode, but ultimately it's not going on any list of mine, like other than it's a fun, you know, Mitchum and Greer movie for sure. I, yeah, I would argue that it's, it's maybe, it might be one of the first like road noirs where it's straight up like, it's, it's really like that. I like that. that you know, you know what I mean? Good. Like the, the whole thing was basically just like a road movie. Yeah. But taking noir tropes along the, you know, with them, it doesn't necessarily okay. settle in one in one area where you could really kind of latch on to the, the, the typical typical tropes of film noir. But yeah. yeah, I did feel the same thing you felt. I felt like this felt a little bit noirish, but more like a road movie. So maybe it's a road. I noir. mean, it, it's bright all throughout. Other than yes. towards the very end, we finally get a little darkness. But um, I like road noir. I, I, what a great genre we just invented here. Uh, no credit for you, director Don Siegel. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, this was released July 1st, 1949 by RKO, our mm -hmm. old friends, directed by the aforementioned Siegel, written by, we got three writers on this, Gerald Drayson Adams, <laughs> he's got a third name there, 
Jeffrey Holmes, and then of course our old friend Daniel Mainwaring, who uh, who wrote Out of the Past. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I almost wonder if they just brought him in to do a pass of the script because they're like, hey, you know, we we know you, you're good with these two, help us out. I don't know. Based on a short story, The Road to Carmichael's. I don't know who Carmichael was because he's not in this movie, but yeah. uh, that was a 1942 story that appeared in the Saturday Evening Post. Our old friend, The Post, is back again. And that was from Richard Wormser. Well, that's a cool last name, huh? I do or like a that. Wormy fella, Dan. Now, I saw on Wikipedia, this was a kind of a brief summary, but it also is a brief movie. So I'm going to work with this, Dan. I think there might be enough here. It, it's, it's certainly everything we need. Yeah, because there's not really much to really dive into. I, like I said, I feel like it is a road movie in, in every form. Like there's not yeah. a lot to really. And this is a road podcast. On. We're just going to drive right through it. And uh, I mean, I certainly say, yeah, enjoy the ride. This was a great yeah. movie. I, I I didn't regret watching it. It was great to see the gang back together. I mean, and it's certainly in a, in a different story too, you know? Yeah. I like seeing a good Jane Greer. Joan nice, twi- nice little Nice little twist at the end, which I loved. And also, you know, people didn't really need to be punished because they weren't bad guys, Ditcherman Greer. Exactly. But let's get into it. We're going to, I'd say almost the beginning is the only really semi-confusing part because you're yes. not really sure what's going on with this, what what we're after, what's the big steal after all, but it turns out to be a $300,000 payroll in the well, Army, Army payroll. In. You're, yeah, you're we're right on the boat. In. Yes. That you get Duke Halliday, Robert Mitchum, although he's going to tease you with a couple names before we get there. Yes. And then we also have this, we got William Bendix. That's the yeah, Captain that's, Vincent Blake. He's yes, the, he's the correct. tough guy who's after him. He thinks that Mitchum took this money, you know, the payroll, but it was actually taken by this guy, Jim Fisk, who's played by Patrick Knowles. And he is dating Jane Greer. Mm-hmm. We get through the boat thing where there's like a suitcase being taken, a big suitcase. Yes. And then also some, he takes his identification too, William Bendix, Bendix. Yes, I'm gonna he, say Bendix. That's my oh, mo- That's the name, or Blake. I mean, I don't know either. Or, but I'm, those I'm gravitating towards those last things. But yeah, he takes his identification so he can masquerade as him. Yes, and he gets in some really long punches too. <laughs> I yes, know he a does lot of sweeping punches in this movie, especially in the beginning. No, I mean they they throw some blows in this for sure. Yeah. If you see Mitchum, you want to see that hair Flopping get all around, disheveled, yeah. you know, from a fight, and and they give it to you. So we're off the boat. Then we see Jane Greer and and we meet Jim Fisk as well. He took $2,000 from her that she loaned to him. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like on the run. Like he's trying to bail on her and she just catches him. And she's trying to not let him run off without her. You know, she's like, I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm in on this and get my money back as well. Right. But he does give the slip, doesn't he? Yeah. So she knows that he has other money. And thinks he's stowed it away in this, in a, like a small, like a eh, relatively mid-sized suitcase. So she says, I'm going to go take a shower, but uh, I hope this well, water Well, also he's saying yeah. stuff. He's like, I'm going here. But then she's literally looking at his map that says he's going somewhere else. Right. So she's and, on to him like the whole time. Right, right. She knows something's up that he's supposed to deliver this bag, which she assumes is full of money. And uh, she decides, hey, oh, I'm going to take it with me. You're going to get tricked by a lot of bags in this movie. Yes, a lot of bag switches in this movie. You're going to be left holding the bag, if you will. (laughs) So, yeah, he slips away while she's in the shower. And this is where we get Mitchum and Greer back together. Chiquita, what are you doing here? Get out. You army men might be accustomed to group showers. I like mine alone. Where's Fisk? Taking the parrot for a walk. You, uh, You wouldn't be his wife, would you? No, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. 
I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not his wife. If you were, I wouldn't be saying, mm-hmm. We do get right into it, which is good. I mean, yes. we don't have much time here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one thing I do like about it is, is, you know, in the context of this movie, it works where it's just like, you don't necessarily need to get bogged down in the details in, in this no, movie. Like, I think it's just all. like, you. It, this movie is driven on the action of just the chemistry with those characters in particular, and it just it just goes. I think that's, yes. that's why it's... Those were so, some great driving puns you threw in, in there. Thank you, I tried. We're going to join forces, just like Mitchum and Greer, and they're going to go after this big steal. Lots of stealing going on. Lots of stealing. And then along the way, too, we also meet the Mexican police. We got Inspector General Ortega mm-hmm. and Lieutenant Ruiz. Yes. And they're good. They're a good time. Yes, I do like them. The Inspector General, he's learning English, and he's very mm-hmm. good at it. I mean, he's, ba- he's just straight up like, yeah, yeah. I can basically understand everything and, and completely conversationally pull this off yeah he they had a lot of fun with that and they're they're one step ahead too they're just like we know these people are up to no good let's just see what they do and and we'll figure it out we'll follow him right. he knows because mitchum comes in and he's like pretending to be blake with yes. that identification the, the inspector general he's like he already knows that that's not the case and even blake will show up to these police officers again and See, he's, like, he's he's gonna follow them too yeah, it's, it's me. My ID was stolen. Like, I'm looking for this guy. Yeah, it seems like it'd be like a very difficult, unbelievable situation. But like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> no well, he, he says he has that scar on his arm that he said you can call the U.S. Army and confirm that I am who I am by the, the scar on my arm. That's right. That's the, the perfect identification. There's just an a encyclopedia of scars over yes. there. Yes, they have that <laughs> roll- in the record. Scar Rolodex, yes. if you will. Sounds yeah. like I had the drive-in song. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Said, hey, they're still at it, right? We, that driving, you know, we could send it to them. And... Yeah, I love at the driving. One of my all-time favorite bands. Jim Ward just put out a solo record. You listen to that? I didn't, but I listened to his podcast uh, interview he did on the uh, the emo podcast. Watched up emo. Yeah, I yes, listened to that too. I, I did listen good... to that. Yeah, he's like, he's exactly who you'd want to listen to in one of those. I find those episodes of that podcast I enjoy are the ones with like the kind of like take no shit and just gonna like put it all out there. Remember, yes. you know the. The angry members of the band. Like I listened to the William Goldsmith from Sunny Day Real Estate episode and he's just like, Dan from from that band? That guy sucks. Like yeah. he's the one holding everything up. He's a psycho. And he was like, All right, I like that. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's why you listen to that, like, because it's a lot of bands that you and I in particular grew up on. So, you know, for me it's like, you know, you get a lot of those backstories and you hear some of the histories that you might not normally hear or some of the in, inside stuff that you might not normally get. So yeah, I That's the one compliment I can still give to that genre of music is they're they're good with like documenting and archiving more yes. than other generations of bands are. For, for better, sure. for worse, but you know, most of the time as long as you like them, it, it works out. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> our first at the drive-in reference of the episode let's see if we can make another i'll try Uh, dad the challenge is upon you i I think i have some good ways of doing it excellent excellent hopefully we get more than one or we get three go for the let's see if you can go for the turkey i'll see what i can do appreciate that sir so anyways we're gonna be it's a real chase from here on out we're breezing through uh everybody's one step ahead of each other they end up at this like hotel is that correct very nice hotel where the the cops are already at i think did they even say like come meet us there like did they suggest that or did it just work out that way i think it worked out that way i think they kind of just were one step ahead of him 
Because Fisk ends up there first. He needs right. some repairs to his car. Right. And he's particularly worried about the spare, which will come into play later on. Yes. But at the time, just was like, okay. I, I also noticed, like, they put the spares on the side of the car. That's crazy. Yes. I don't know. Just a fun Well, he had it in the trunk later. Yeah, but, the I, I, yeah. but there was that spare just right on the on the side of the car. Well, they did that back then. I know. I just, it, it yeah. just, I particularly noticed it this time. I was like, what a weird spot for that, but yeah. Okay. Could you imagine now? Doing no, that? no, I could not. I, you know, at most you could imagine like, you know, the back of the Jeeps and stuff where they put it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I guess a good spot for a spare, but just weird. Just have your tire like hanging. Do you have your spare on the back? I do not. No. Okay. That a boy. That's how we judge people around here. <laughs> yeah. You got to hide them, man. You got you to gotta hide. You got to hide your spare. That's what we say yep. on the podcast, folks. It's our classic line. Dan's second at the drive-in reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have the lyric, hide your, hide your spare anywhere. But, I mean, that would be a good hey, lyric. Well, I'll look in the liners. It's been a while, if it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is in Texas. So Fisk is there. He's talking to the cops. Everything seems to be okay. And then Mitchum and Greer show up. And they're talking to the cops. And they convince him to stay and you know, like everybody's talking and, and clearly Fisk is just trying to get out of there. I do like the nice little like song and dance that they have around the, the table about whether who's staying, who's going, you know, I'm gonna, they all sit down and then like they all, he, like the, the inspector orders drinks for everybody. And then no one takes a sip of any drinks <laughs> and they just leave the table. This Graham, Captain Blake. If this were not Tehuacan, I would be surprised. But everyone comes to Tehuacan later or soon. Yeah, don't they? It's Graham, Captain Blake, Mr. Keese. How do you do? How do you do? How are you? Getting better all the time. How are you? I, I was just leaving. Oh, really? So are we. Nice to see you, Inspector. Oh, no, please. You just arrived. I changed my mind about that drink. Somebody Good. say something about a drink? Someone will be very glad to mention one, Captain. Mesero, there is a typical thing I want you to try. Pulque curado. Cuatro pulques curados de piña. You must forgive a bad custom of me, making others' minds before they do, or try to anyway. That's something yep. that always bothers me. Like, I always think about that in movies where it's like, you know, drinks or foods are ordered and then nothing ever happens. Though. Like, no one drinks and no one eats it. I don't know. It always bothers me. But Food and drink acting could be a lot better. Yes. But I just thought that was a, a fun, a funny, you know, little little sidebar in the movie. A nice little yeah. break. It was, a, it was a perfect spot for such yeah. an exchange. And, um... So yeah, Mitchum and Greer, they go to, off to check this car that's being repaired to see if they can find the big steel. Yes. Keep calling it that. And this is where he, like, he, he gets away, right? Like, doesn't he show up to the car? Yes. So then the chase is on once again. It's and pretty got... much a cat and mouse game throughout the entire movie. I mean, between, you know, all three of the, the, the parties. It's, it's, you know, it's the two, it's Greer and Mitchum, it's Fisk, it's Blake. They're all kind of chasing each other and... Yeah, that's the crux of the of the movie. It's just, you know, like I said, it's a road movie. I mean, that's essentially what it is. And, you know, different obstacles that, you know, each tries to... It almost, like, in some ways plays soon. comedy. It's, yeah, it's almost like... Oh, I was laughing at a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, of course, scene. I hear goats going off. I'm going to be cracking up, but... Right. I, I mean, the goats, you know, him, him I, just seeing Mitchum corralling these goats out of, out of this area, like, you know, getting them out into the middle of the road is just... Yeah, he picks up a stick, but he's very gentle with them, I yes, noticed. Yes. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. He's going to whack the hell out of these animals. But he, he was good. He hit them about as hard as he hit the drink at the restaurant or at yes. the hotel. <laughs> which is not much. No, which is barely at all, if anything. Yeah. Got a little fur or something. We got high yeah, that... between that, and then you got the you know, the changing of the uh, the road sign where they have the, the, yep. the road closed, which leads them to a, a nice other detour. Yes, there's there's a construction going on, and... 
they got Blake fast behind them. He Make was not the deterred story. by these goats. And so, yeah, they made up the story that they're newlyweds and, you know, they're getting a little closer anyways. So it's yes. it nice to kiss. And Mitchum, Selling course, it. likes it. He, uh, he doesn't call her baby in this, Dan. What does he call her? Chiquita. Chiquita. What'd you think of that? It was okay. I don't know. I liked it. I would say, of course, I, I wouldn't mind a couple less Chiquitas in there. There was like one in particular where it was like right after one. It was like, it was like just basically like, Chiquita. Yeah, he, he said it a lot. He said I, it. And, and it very much felt like they were just trying to change the baby into Chiquita. Yeah. But I mean, I mostly didn't mind it. Yeah, it, it didn't get too much for me. Chiquita. Look, stop calling me Chiquita. You don't say that to girls you don't even know. Where I learned Spanish, you do. I mean, you can tell she didn't like it at first, but I think she, she kind of warmed up to it too, I guess, by the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As she warmed up to him. It's getting toasty in here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there we go. I mean, Fisk is meeting with this guy, Seaton, who's played by John Quaylen, and he's going to offer Fisk $150,000 in traceable bills in exchange for the payroll because I've we see the army is on top of that one. Right. We got I mean, Blake he's, on. He's him. the fence, you know. Yep. I, I'm, I guess, I don't know how clear we went into this, but like with the payroll, Mitchum, he was a lieutenant and he was basically in charge of the payroll and everyone suspects him of taking it. Right. When it was, of course, Jim Fisk. So he's just trying to like clear his name. Right. He's trying to, to, to rectify this and, and get and clear his name. Yeah. And we have... Uh, Captain Vincent Blake, William Bendix. He's right. on the trail because, you know, he suspects them of that. Right. But he's, a, he's a superior officer. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, he's trying to get back to back at that. But now the couple catches up to Fisk and he gets captured by Seton's henchmen. And Blake shows up and it's looking good for a second. But this is actually where we, we get a nice little twist. Right. Blake was actually in on it with Fisk the whole time. Right. That, I, like I, did, I did like that. I, that that, that kind of, like... As much as, like I said, it was fun, but it didn't have a lot of substance necessarily up to that it point. It was but, fine. Like, and, yeah. you know, it was certainly necessary, but to, to see them go the extra mile and, and pull that twist off, that, I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, and that, that ending scene. That Road Noir got to have some twists after all. Exactly. Yep. Got to have some twists and detours and all sorts of stuff. Fisk, he's like, I'm going to go ahead and run off with Greer, but doesn't look like that's going to happen because everybody's going to turn on one another. Blake, yep. he, he, uh, he's like, that's, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> so we got to actually kill Mitchum and Greer. And when uh, Fisk starts to leave, Blake shoots him in the back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? You're going to take the fall for that payroll. I'm going to take uh, that payroll. Yes. Don't mind if I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, I mean, not really much else happens after that. Not too much honest. after yeah. this, yeah. Basically, yeah, it ends. Uh, Seton pulls some guns. There's some fights going on. Yeah, basically, yeah, they have a scuffle, and eventually Mitchum and, and uh, Greer went out, <laughs> and every, everybody's happy. I mean, they, they live happily ever after. They're, sounds like they're going to make a life together, and they're they alluding to money, having right? a bunch of kids. Yeah. Ten kids? <laughs> Well, it, well, that's what... When they were talking, yeah, when yeah. they were doing their ruse and stuff, he's like, yeah, we were going to have 10 kids. And Mitch was like, like 10 kids? That's, that's a good time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the big steal. Uh, it's a quick one, but what are you going to do? It was a good yeah, time. Fun fun ride. I, I would I would say, like, yeah, if you want, like, a nice little 
late afternoon weekend you're just chilling out you want a fun little movie to throw on yeah exactly. I, would, I would there's I would absolutely nothing special about this movie but it is very enjoyable like yes, your time exactly. is not wasted and that time is so limited here we'll be in and out so yeah it seemed like that was kind of the idea with it based on what I, i've read about it it's just that it was really just like they knew that they were making a quick little entertainment piece you know like that's really just all it was like i don't think they're necessarily concerned with anything too in depth or too maybe artistic or too you know they weren't it didn't seem like they were really concerned about that they were just like let's just kind of just get this little quick little jammer out and and have people enjoy it absolutely and it was the right time to do it because this was an interesting time when this one was released Uh, originally Mm -hmm. george raft was up for the role but they replaced him with robert mitchum because he had just been arrested for possession of marijuana Mm -hmm. this was a, a big deal in its day but RKO owner Howard Hughes, he was just like, this seems like a good thing. We're going to use it, the notoriety, to play into the film. Like, it should be should be great. It definitely worked out. Originally, Elizabeth Scott was up for the role. She had agreed to yeah. play the role. But then, of course, once Mitchum was attached and with his marijuana conviction, she decided she wanted no part of that. Yeah, that was I, a mistake, I, but... Yeah, I wonder how that Had they done the racket yet at this point? No, the racket was 1951, so it took a little okay, bit. Okay, so they got together eventually. Yes. I think it was just the overtime. I think they, it, I think Elizabeth, Elizabeth Scott got a little bit more lax about that. I think at that yeah. by that point. But I wonder what it would have been like, even if it was you know Raft and Scott, like with the dynamic of that been, would. Have, I would like to see that because I don't think it would have worked with Mitchum and Scott at all. Right? No, I don't think so either. I think you needed that kind of. You know, like almost you almost this is like a movie role for like you know that classic on-screen couple. Like you almost right. want to bring in like a returning, right? Uh, success, and yes. I, I think it definitely worked out in this. this I case. agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jane Greer was good for this role. Yeah, pregnant during the shooting of this yes. movie, Darren. Yes, but she didn't want anyone to know, so she played it cool until William Bendix saw that her taking pills and was like, "What's going on there?" She said it was for Montezuma's revenge, and he asked her for some, and he took it and. He didn't get sick, so he said, hey, thanks for doing that. Thanks for getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> the film was actually shot in Los Angeles and actually in uh, Puebla, Mexico. They, uh, when I was watching the trailer for this, they definitely said that it was filmed in actual Mexico. So yes. That was good. And they had to rearrange the entire schedule, the 43, or the shooting schedule, because Robert Mitchum had a 43-day stay in prison for his, his marijuana possession. Yes. Uh, Robert Mitchum, the greatest Hollywood stoner, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I know just because I like him in general, I'd be saying that, but I, he, he's cool. Especially when you read behind the scenes stories. I remember like reading an interview with like Alex Rocco about the friends Eddie Coyle, and he was just talking about how he, him and Mitchum would just get stoned all day on set. <laughs> it was a good time. I got some fun facts about Wormser, the guy who wrote the Saturday Evening Post story. Uh, he, <laughs> I don't really actually have a fun fact, but he wrote a, a cookbook that cracked me up. It was called Southwest Cookery, or at home on the range because he wrote a lot of westerns <laughs> i like that actually yeah i thought that was worth uh noting otherwise i'd say do you like don siegel i mean i feel like i've become more familiar with his later work but he's big for invasion of the body snatchers in 56 I and mean, he did some clint eastwood movies he did the first dirty harry of course right and i would say the first movie i actually saw from him was at eastwood one it's escape from alcatraz in 79 which yes. is a, love that movie. And I he did the see... final John Wayne movie, The Shootist, mm-hmm. right before he died of uh, cancer from that movie we love to reference. Yes. Um, I'm looking at his... his uh, disc- if you're uh, looking his, for his more noirs, I mean, 
We'll we'll get into the killers from '64 with Lee Marvin. That's a that's good time. A, that's what I was gonna say. I actually don't really like that one. I like the original one, the earlier one better. Spoiling our future episode, Dan. Way yes. to go! Let's well, hope everyone forgets by the time. Well, obviously, we're gonna have to do that in a year or two. But well, no, we'll I mean, not to. not even. I, I I don't think it necessarily gives anything away. I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about it that much. But I'm just gonna say that I I, I prefer the original one. I actually felt fall asleep when I try to watch his his version of it. Okay, <laughs> uh, so there you go. Maybe. It will be more awake for when we, we view it and something new could reveal itself. I've been curious about Riot and Cell Block 11 because that's still considered a, a film noir and that's one that he directed. It's on Criterion, which I've actually never seen. So that might be another future one we could we could potentially do because we haven't really You know, done it's any... a great one that we won't be able to do, but just a good movie of his from 73, Neo Noir, would be Charlie Varick with, uh, with what's his name? I know what you're talking How, about. Why can't I conjure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of the easiest names ever. Hold on, this is going to hurt. Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau, thank you. I, and Joe Don, Joe Don Baker and John Vernon. It's a great movie. It uh-huh. has a really great ending in particular. I would say that's probably my favorite of his, other than Escape from Alcatraz. Okay. I mean, I yeah. I mean, based on the cast too, I feel like this would be one I'd probably would enjoy. I think it, it's like his peak era. I mean, I like Dirty Harry, but I mean, I like the Dirty Harrys after the one he did, honestly, better. Yeah. And he did the original Beguile, too, which I I saw the remake, the Sofia Coppola remake, which I did like, but I've never seen the original. So he's a director of no, I don't think he, uh, he's very capable. Like, I mean, you're not, you know, like he does good movies, but I don't know if it's anything in particular what he brings. I don't know. We'll have to experience more, but yeah, I mean, he's done good stuff. He's clearly got an eye for something. To be a capable director is half the fucking battle. So you know what? Well, well done, sir. And yeah, he's done some. Yeah, he's done some pretty solid movies. So it's I like, mean, if, you know. yeah, he's just he basically. I would say he makes movies like this one where you just you know like don't run to it, but you're having you're gonna have a good time. Right. Although Charlie Varick, I would say, you want to go ahead and take a jog too. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Walter okay. Matthau. I know who that is instantly. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, you know what movie I love of his is Hopscotch, which is also on Criterion. That movie's great. Nice. You uh, like big... you like Pedlum? Uh, no, you I like actually to, haven't you like seen to that. take it. Oh. Then, I have not seen that version. Yes. I would I would give you that homework as immediate as possible. That's a very fine film of his. It's a movie I've wanted to see, but I have not. I, I say that, and uh, my other favorite, which is a childhood favorite, but I love Bad News Bears. I oh well, yeah. I mean that one I love. I absolutely. Very, love I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're you're on board with that. All three of them, even the ones he wasn't in, I I, I liked all of them. I feel like you and I would have had a good time playing as kids and, and renting movies at the video store. Oh, right? definitely. It feels 100%. like we line up pretty nicely. Very much so. I feel like I feel like we probably liked a lot as we're finding out more and more. Of I think we would have been friends and we'd still be friends. I agree, yes. Which is the greatest compliment I can ever give someone yes. there. So Same. Well, well, welcome aboard. Yes, I feel good about that. <laughs> I feel good about this next one. And boy, I'm in the zone for it because I'm, woo, I turned off that air conditioner. We got <laughs> 1953's The Big Heat. about a murder get rid of him let's go mister what's your pitch lucy what is this information you have
stop the cross-examination. I didn't come up here to talk out of school. Why did you come up? Why don't we call it research or something? You're under suspension. Well, you better check with Lagana first. He might not approve. I'll have your badge and gun, now. It's yours. Permanently. I ask for your gun, too. It doesn't belong to the department, it's mine. I'm warning you, officially, don't try to use it. I'm excited for this one. I, I, I feel like the big month is really, I mean, it's got some classics and it's got some deep cuts and that's how you do it. And, and this is another classic. I'm excited to get to. It's been a while since I've seen it too. I love this movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm also equally excited to watch this. We're going to get further into it next week, but yes. it's going to be a good time. Thank you for joining us this week on another big episode. Big, uh, big breeze. Big, it was a very big breeze before we get to that big heat. You know, we'll cool you yep. off before we get you sweating. But uh, exactly. You know, if you if you guys felt like you want to give us some big regards on uh, Apple Podcasts, give us that big five stars or that big glowing review or smash that big subscribe button, as the kids say, right? <laughs> on uh, your Spotify's or send us an email, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Suggest a movie. Let us know anything you're into. Just hey, say say yo. It's nice to hear from you. Yeah, and we've gotten some, which has been really we cool. We have, and let it's, us know. Nice, I mean, yeah. some we have future episodes coming to where we'll give bigger shout-outs to when we use a suggestion. But, you know, we haven't had a lot of stuff where it's like we can really be like, hey, look what we got. So if you want us to talk about something or, or uh, have a question, yeah, shoot us an email to ask the lads. Ask the lads. That's what we'll call it. We'll make <laughs> it a Ask a lad. <laughs> ask, a, ask a lad, yes. <laughs> That'll be nice. We're going to guarantee it happens in the future or we'll just make some up. Who knows? Yeah. We got Maybe plenty, we... plenty of movies to watch. <laughs> There's so many. I mean, this is definitely guaranteed to be like a three to five year podcast before we run out. Hopefully. Yeah, it's true. Let's just get through this first year. Huh? Yeah, I say, yeah, we're, doing, we're doing pretty good. We're, we're, we're past the halfway point, episode 32 now. So 32, we know what to do. Yep. By 52, we're... Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a good rhyme, and I, I, I completely blanked. 20 more weeks. 20 more weeks left in the, in the year. So We're getting there. We got some big stuff coming. I feel we're yes. only just touching the tip of what we have planned for you. So look out for that. Great surprises, great movies, great times. Yes. Here's, Here's the, the crime. crime. Good ain't a gulp. <laughs>